Now we return you to the test card and some music. Welcome to the Pilot Take 120, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. He is Jed Shepard. And that guy over there is Mr. Rob Jelly. <laughs> Watching too many car shows. The third. Yeah. <laughs> Watching too many car shows recently. Car shows? Yeah. yeah. I've been watching a, uh, a Jim Carner documentary okay. about a certain Ken Block, if you know of him. Yes, they're the street fighter. No, oh. no, the, the racing driver. Oh, yeah. The rally driver. So that's when they say, get on your blocks, ready, so they go. Yeah. It's that guy. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim Carner, for some, is like a horse race, is a horse um, uh, display. So Jim Carner is the um, equestrian sport where you dance with a horse within a... Um, I thought it was called something else. No, that's Jim Carner. And they basically they've created Jim Carner with cars. So now yeah. they do they drift around obstacles and things like. That. I've been binging that this week. Yeah, um, it's a really good documentary series. It's on Amazon. Because usually, um, if you dance with a horse at the end of the night, you give them a fake number. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you always, always give a horse a fake number give a fake at number. the end of the night. Uh, oh, so actually, same thing applies to Ken Block as well. <laughs> at the end of the night, give him a fake number. Uh, how are you, Jed Shepherd? I'm really good, thank you very much. I just saw Doctor Sleep. Uh, this this uh, this afternoon. Okay, so you're a you're a you know a very high up standing sort of you know man <laughs> in this field. Yeah. Yay or nay? Yay! It's brilliant. Yeah, it does it really does justice because it's the sequel to the the Shining, and obviously pays homage to a lot of the Shining and, and uh, Kubrick, uh, but goes in its own direction. It's kind of like nothing like the original Shining. Um, it's more like Stranger Things, but no, not so cheesy. Right. Um, Thoroughly recommend. It. I don't want to spoil anything, but go definitely go watch it as ASAP. Do you have to have seen The Shining? I think it helps a lot because it refers to it a lot. But no, they they do a lot of flashbacks. They do a lot of they kind of spell it out as a standalone. People. It it has it works as a standalone. Yeah, oh, good. definitely, definitely. That's always good to see. I, there's a lot of films now. Yeah, a lot of films now that are either remakes, prequels, sequels. Uh, I still haven't managed to get through Blade Runner twenty. 2029 20, 20, 29. whatever it is 20, 29, 20, remember it's 2049 yeah Something, whatever it, whatever year it is why not it's great I just, I just haven't managed to sit and it's concentrate long. yeah well it is yeah it's two and a half hours isn't it so. I love it it's, that film's so good I see what else though I have watched recently and this is a film thing rather than TV so we'll get to point in a we'll second we'll get to TV yeah. um, uh, the Mockingjay uh, the um, Hunger Games yeah um, series I've seen them all yeah yeah I've, I've, I've just watched Mockingjay part one okay so yeah. I've got the Fourth film is it the last? Is it the last one? I think so. Part two, yeah. Part two is the last one, isn't it? I like them all, to be honest. I really enjoy the. Yeah. I enjoy the concept of it. I quite like to go and read the books. I just I read know. The first one. I just know I don't have the time to read yeah. the book. I'd quite. I, do you know what? I quite enjoy. I think the audio book for that. Yeah, probably, but yeah, I read I've the got some credits book. going for Amazon Prime at the moment, so uh, I might. I might bank a few of those and maybe grab the first book. I think you get some free books. Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I've got quite a lot of credits overhanging. I, I, really? It takes me forever to get through a book. Well, I, yeah, audiobooks are the best way to do that. And I always recommend listen to the audio, especially for books that you know is a bit of a slog. It's a big book. And you're like, oh, listen to that in the car, listen to that yeah. as I go to sleep. Um, yeah, if you know you've got like a set journey, especially when you commute. I mean, uh, some people probably listen to the podcast on the commute. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for, thanks very much for choosing us. Appreciate the million things you could pick. Uh, <laughs> and you chose to, to spend your journey with us. Hopefully we make your, your brains work and uh, you, you spoil your, spoil your brains and tickle your ears. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it's, it's, uh, I think audiobooks are great. I'm a sort of big fan of audiobooks. Yeah. Uh, they certainly make you imagine the book more honestly, the same way you would if you were reading it. Yeah. Rather than when some you get an, like a visual adaptation, you're you're being told what it looks like. They should do audiobooks for TV shows. Wow. Just like the eighteen would be the eighteen theme song. Would oh, gee, like, what actually? Murder no. goes and sits on on the piano. Yeah. Do you know the... what? A recommendation for you right now. Yeah. Next time you get a chance to watch a show mm-hmm. that has the ability to put audio description on, it doesn't add an awful lot. Yeah. But it adds just those little moments, and you're like, oh wow. Yeah. It, it lifts it from being what it is to like being like 10% better. 
Bob scratches his bum. I did it. I did it accidentally in football on Ormsby watching Bake Off. And, <laughs> you know, I'm obsessed with the Bake Off. Um, and it was really good. Like, yeah. you, can, you can appreciate that if you weren't, vis- you know, if you were visually impaired or if you were completely blind, those little things just help glue the whole thing together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, like it. in a film which, which you don't really understand what's going on, if you do that, then it'll probably describe, it'll be like, he slips the envelope into, into underneath the door or whatever, and, you, and if you didn't see it yourself. Because sometimes things are edited really quickly. With audio description, it kind of tells you what's happening, which is great. Yeah, or gives you the bits you should be noticing. Yeah. Or not telling you bits that you will notice later on when it comes back round type thing. It's, yeah. it's very cleverly done. So it's a very key science. How's things been? Are you good? Are you busy? Yeah, good. I've, I've been watching TV shows, been watching loads of films, uh, preparing for f- different podcasts, other podcasts, and uh, yeah, just just keeping out of trouble, really. Keeping out of trouble. <laughs> That's always the best way to be, absolutely. How about you? Uh, getting into trouble. Oh, um, no, so not again. Yeah, I managed, I managed to spend almost three, four days running, yeah. playing in mud. Which was, you know... Is this a field-based thing? Yeah, classic jelly. Classic jelly. Jelly in a field, once again. So I was in the garden on Friday, last of last week, digging up a bush. Um, So uh, it's literally moving the earth. Yeah. Uh, Then Saturday was uh, my nuclear races, um, big obstacle course race that I host. Um, And that was an absolute... Oh, I mean, I've never seen it that muddy in six years. It was cold, wasn't it, on the weekend? (laughs) Windy, wet, cold... I tell you what, if there was an ideal place not to be, yeah. it was on top of a container in a field. Oh, my God. Um, but nonetheless, we, we battled through it with a smile yeah. on our faces. We enjoyed it and everyone had a good time. So Play that's a lot of thing. ABBA really loud and uh, no, people going. absolutely not. No ABBA. It's kind of strictly ABBA-free zone. And Sunday was American football training, um, which is practically weather-wise much better. And then back to the garden on Monday, actually. Nice. Um, yeah, generally just lots of muddy work recently. Yeah. Lots of manual labour. And besides all that, we have been watching TV shows. We certainly have. We've got two more for you this week. Ooh. And I am going to go first. Okay. If that's okay with you. It's okay with me. Even if it wasn't, I was going to go first. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we came to the conclusion after last week's shenanigans with Reginald Perrin uh, that uh, we need to do something else funny. Well, that's what I thought anyway. Yeah. Uh, so I immediately beelined for a sort of animation that I've had in mind for a little while now and it came back to my periphery uh, recently so I would like to do please the pilot episode of Dexter's Laboratory How dramatic is that? It reminded me of um, when they used to, when people didn't have TVs really, and they used to show cartoons in the cinemas in like the 20s or the 30s yeah. or something. People had to line up to watch the latest Bugs Bunny cartoon. Yeah. And it would be like a full orchestral score going on. And I think that's what's that, that's trying to... Uh... And to reiterate, it is a children's cartoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it's, it, you could put that to mm. any sort of iconic action shot in a film and it yeah. would probably suit mm-hmm. you know I, I'm, if, I, if you hear that without the visuals you could imagine it being sort of played when you get that sort of sweeping shot up the Empire State Building and King Kong's at the yeah, top yeah yeah you know, it has that sort of oldie film sort of feel like to it movie where they had to really yeah. you couldn't hear what they were saying so that you had to like ramp it up with the score yeah because you've got no sort of natural sound <laughs> with it you sort of have to big up the tension sometimes yeah. or whatever uh, so yeah very short and sharp concise and um, it's a still still image like they used to do in the old Warner Brothers cartoons Bugs Bunny and stuff and mm-hmm. just a still of something that might be happening in the episode or well, sometimes it's just the character in a, in a weird position yeah with a with the title of the, the actual episode so Dexter's Laboratory for those who are unfamiliar with it uh, is a cartoon on the Cartoon Network yeah. uh, this particular episode to confirm uh, is a seven minute pilot episode of the show uh, that ran for well for quite a while actually yeah and uh, essentially is about a, a child called Dexter. Uh, Dexter is a, a sort of brain child, a genius child, yeah. uh, who has a laboratory in his bedroom. He reminded me of me a little bit when I was a kid. <laughs> I was into chemistry. I was into, like, collecting things and putting things together, putting liquids into... One of the things I used to do was get... Um, fill up two litre... Did you used to walk around like that? Yeah, basically, okay. just, just stock. Um, <laughs> I used to get, like, two litre bottles of Coke, uh, but, like, put water in it yeah and then drop crayola pens into it so the the ink would, would seep out and make them into potions so i'd have all of these color these two liter water bottles filled with colors 
Um, and I would like mix them all together. And I used to think I was a right scientist stroke wizard. Is your sister normal? She didn't do that, yeah. Okay, she fine. stayed in her room. Okay, she was like, I'm not going in that weird room. <laughs> <laughs> but like seeing Dexter having a secret laboratory in, in his hidden yeah. in his oh, room, basically. Oh, yeah. That that's kind of what I was doing. And actually, in a way, it's the it is the imagination of a child when you are you know, and speaking obviously only as a as someone who's been a, a small boy. Um, I've only been a small boy. Yeah, I've only been a small boy, uh, not a small girl. Uh, but you know, you 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 do. You envisage your bedroom having these other worlds yeah. uh, you, that you create in them with teddies, toys, duvet forts, and all that sort of stuff. You know, you build a castle. You 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 love have a duvet fort. Oh, I absolutely love. I, a duvet I still fort. love a duvet fort yeah. in my thirties. Yeah, don't care who knows it. Yeah, love a duvet fort. When you're throwing a duvet, no around, girls allowed. Yeah, when when sometimes you find stuff underneath your duvet, and you're like, "This is pretty comfortable." Oh, we've recorded podcasts under duvet <laughs> covers. We should do that once. Um, well, remember when you were in LA about a year and a half a year that's ago? That's true. You, I was in, genuinely under my own duvet because it was the only room I had. I, I I did one when I was in LA. I was in my bed as well. But then there was another time. I think it was like New Year's Day or something. Where I was in I was in bed then as well. I can't remember. Yeah, what, I think you were sick though, weren't I you? I was really sick. <laughs> I was in bed when I recorded from bed. But sometimes you're there and just like, oh, if I had a sandwich right now, it'd be brilliant. And then you get a sandwich and you go back into your bed for it. Yeah. You're like, a cup of tea. This would be brilliant. Yeah. And then you find yourself, you drag the TV like underneath your, your duvet and you've got yourself your own yeah, little I think, like, I think we all did that. And it doesn't matter what sort of generation you're from, whether you are one of the people, uh, you know, that grew up and sort of had a, a television in your bedroom or if it was long before that and you used to have like the radio in your bedroom. You know, there's lots of mm-hmm. people who remember the pirate radio days back in the 60s where they would sneak a radio into their bedroom, have it under the duvet yeah. and, and sort of listen in with their mates. And, and there was a communal thing about that, that, that space, your bedroom as a child yeah. is a magical place. And that is essentially what Dexter's laboratory is built on. Well, you're with a genius child. You're broadcasting to a lot of people probably in their beds. Yeah, quite a lot. I imagine quite a lot, quite a lot of people are either climbing into or getting out of bed yeah. for a very early start of the morning. Um, but anyway, so, so Dexter's laboratory is is about Dexter and the lab in his room. It's phenomenally sized. I mean, it is you know galactically big, uh, unfathomably so that you would never. You know, you look at the house on the outside, it's never going to exist in there. Hardest life, but isn't there's it? the yeah. beauty of a cartoon. Yeah. You get away with so many rule physics breaks, you know, it's 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 amazing. Um menacing titles, menacing music right at the start, and then opens up, lovely blue skies, very Jetsons looking. Yeah, such a that was, it, style, it, it, it? it was the the only it was the first cartoon that sprung to mind when I saw the visuals. I was like, it's very Jetsons. Because it's simple, yeah. like just clean lines, like n- no fuss, basically. Yeah, yeah. pleasant colour, you know, sort of to the whole thing. Um, lots of cartoony music. Um, it's a proper score to this. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things as a child you don't appreciate, but when you watch it back as a grown up, you sort of listen and think, wow, that's, the accompaniment to this show. Is excellent. Mm. You know, all the little sort of like the, the glockenspiel sort of yeah. up the stairs, you know what I mean? Things That's like that. That's classic Bugs Bunny, isn't it? Or Daffy Duck or something. You know, like this, <laughs> you know looking around the corner of a wall and yeah. looking around the door frame. I thought the animation was brilliant, but it was simple. Yeah. I think it's harder to do something simple and be effective than it is to like be complicated. Mm-hmm. But like this launched the like one of the people who one of the animators was actually Seth MacFarlane. He went on to was it really to do Family Guy? Yeah, I so didn't see that. This is yeah, this is where he learned his craft. Wow. He learned how to do it from Dexter's laboratory, uh, and he took those Holy skills. Holy cow! And you can kind of see sometimes. I didn't know that. I mean, I don't know how much he ha- Hannah he had in the writing, but just the animation itself is just like. It's it, it's it's clever animation. It's mm. using as few like complicated colours and stuff as possible and still getting your point across. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the the show opens up and it is mum downstairs and she calls up the stairs to Dee Dee. Now Dee Dee is Dexter's older sister. Mum says, Dee Dee! Do you think she's a bad guy or a good guy? No, she's just a good guy. She's a good guy. She's just the vehicle to antagonise Dexter. She's like Angelica from Rugrats. That's who she reminded me of. Just like, that's Absolutely silly. agree. Hate this girl. Absolutely hate this girl. Get her out of my agree. face. Dex is just trying to do his thing. Invent things. <laughs> turn people into animals. Just that kind of thing. And she's interfering. Mm, she's typical big sister. Typical big sister. 
interfering, nosy. Nosy Parker. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so she's instructed by mum from downstairs to go and make sure that Dexter is up and ready for school. Mm-hmm. So she hears this from her bedroom. She pipes the door open. She's like, what? And she's like, <laughs> go and check to see if Dexter's ready. And she's like, <gasps> because she knows now the opportunity is I get to go in his room, yep. which he hates, and <laughs> she can antagonise him first thing in the morning. She's been literally given permission to wind him up. Yeah, which every sister would love. Oh, yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, so Dee Dee then proceeds to ballet dance down the hallway um, into Dexter's room. She runs up to the door, um, knocks as quietly as possible so she can deliberately say, I knocked, I made. Sh- I asked if he was there, Did he didn't knock. answer, <laughs> so I went in to make sure he was all right. Yeah, okay, fair enough. She goes in, runs into the room and finds herself deep within the lab yeah. and Dexter's down there working on whatever it is he's working on. Um, now, can we come to a few things here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dexter's voice. Okay. What accent is Dexter? It's meant to be American, right? Is it? I think so. Is it? But just... you know, Are you sure? You know when you get Americans who are trying to speak more, like, proper? Yeah. And no. it sounds a bit... In- no. I don't know. What, what do you it's, think? I, I, I want to play a little example. Can okay. I play a little clip of something here? Just I'll do a little, yeah, yeah, little yeah. five seconds of Dexter's voice right here. The door's voice recognition lock has been reprogrammed to only recognise a man dog. I must find a way to open the door, but how? Okay, so listening to that... There's definitely an American twang to it. Yeah. But I think... So the, so the guy who created this was uh, Gendy Tartakovsky. Obviously Russian. Glad you pronounced that. Yeah, it's obviously Russian. Yep. So he kind of have, has a Russian-American accent. Yeah. Say, like, a Russian person moved to America, lived there all their lives, and that's the kind of accent they came out with. But this in the body of a small boy. Yeah. Um, but can we just address the fact that it's Christine Kavanagh who does the voice of Dexter? Ah. Okay. Christine Kavanagh is of, um, well, Utah in the oh. USA. So she's, there's no Russian there whatsoever. She's probably been told to. I would say yeah. she's been told to, you know, kind of you know, do that up. And Russian scientist. Christi- Christine actually died back in 2014. Nice. Uh, yeah, she's just 51. But she was um, the voice of Babe, the what? pig. Does Babe have, oh, Babe has a voice, right? Yeah, and she was also in Jerry, Jerry Maguire as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she, so she's from Utah, and I don't know how she does that voice, to be honest with you. It's a bit like the uh, the Nancy Cartwright thing. You know, it's a, the, the, the person you least expect to be doing the voice of yeah. someone like Bart Simpson. So they were asked, they were asked about um, his accent in an interview, um, and they said, Although he comes from a typical American family, Dexter speaks with a thick accent of indeterminate origin. Kristen Kavanagh described it as an affectation kind of accent. We're not quite sure. A small Peter Lorre... But not. Perhaps he's Latino. Perhaps he's French. He's a scientist. He knows he needs kind of an accent. <laughs> and then Tar- so, so his accent is scientist. Yeah, exactly. But then Tartakovsky he further explained he's a scientist. All scientists are foreign and have accents. <laughs> it's not really a German accent. It's just Eastern European. So I think that, that's it. Okay. Eastern European. Yeah. That's, so that's Russian. A, so Russian. Yeah. Okay, well, that is what I wrote down. You know, what accent is Dexter's? Russian. It's Russian. I mean, there's definitely a lilt of Russian to it. There's definitely an Eastern European thing going on there. But the there. vowels are American. You can, you can oh, hear ha- his American Absolutely, twang. you can, yeah. yeah. And again, it's, it's another example of where a, a boy, an animated boy, has been voiced by a woman... Um, Always, yeah. And, and I think it works perfectly. I think yeah. it'd be so hard to get a very good young male actor to voice something like this. And also their, their, their voice might crack and then you'll lose your, your main character. So if you've got an adult yeah. doing the voice, you can do that forever. Yeah, it, it's definitely sort of uh, future-proofing yeah. uh, character. Like Bart Simpson, you're right. They've been doing that for, what, 30 years? 30 And it's Nancy years. Cartwright. Yeah, 31 right. this, year, this year, isn't it? 31. Yeah. 88 was the... Christmas pilot episode, which we did way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah no, you got me. I was listening to it, and I'd never, I'd never realised how indeterminate, as you say, the, the accent actually is for Dexter. But there you go; it's <laughs> it's it's something in there. Um, so uh, the premise of this episode is that Dee Dee has gone up to the bedroom to see if he's okay and ready for school. No, Dexter is already up. He's already in the lab. He's messing around with something. He's finally created. This wonder device, mm-hmm. which just essentially looks like a remote control with one button. <laughs> uh, 
which is genius. It's so simple. That's what Apple would do if they, if they made it. Absolutely, it is. One button. What does it do? It does everything. <laughs> it does everything. What do you mean it does everything? It can turn you into a goose. Really? Press it again. Possibly. But if the next time you press it, it might just order you some chips with for a delivery. Um, yeah, that's essentially no. Actually, that's what it does. It turns people into animals or other living creatures. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because right at the very end, there is a scene where, after much commotion, uh, they spend quite a lot of time in the lab pushing the button at each other and therefore turning into different creatures. Love that. But that's, I think that's very, very, very like Looney Tunes. It's kind of like Bugs yep. Bunny and Daffy Duck when yep. they're fighting, or it'd be like, or like, you know, that there's that. Um, what, who's Elmer Fudd? Yes, Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny like bantering with Wiley each other. Wiley Coyote and Roadrunner. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. And having it be like a brother and sister is like every, well, a lot of people can relate to that. So you instantly like, oh, that's what I would do. Yeah. Um, On yes. that note, as well, mm-hmm. when they come down from the bedroom for breakfast because Mum calls them again, yeah, they come down as a bear and a cockerel. <laughs> Brilliant. And it's the fact that they're all sat around the table at the same time. Mum's reading the paper, the kids are eating the breakfast. Mum doesn't actually notice that they've turned into a bear and a cockerel. <laughs> and it's the very it's the very essence. And I'm sure there are parents <laughs> across the globe who have had to have. Multiple children sat down for breakfast, arguing, bickering, not eating properly, not out. sitting. Yeah, you do just zone out. They're mm-hmm. in the room. You know they're there. They're fine. Okay, yeah. they're getting on. Leave them to it. And I'll just read the paper. And right, okay, upstairs you go, get your stuff ready for school so you can get out the door. And they do so, and they cause even more havoc and chaos. Uh, commotion upstairs, too much. Mum snaps. She's like, right, I'm coming upstairs. But at this moment, they've turned themselves into a turtle and a snail. It's great. And now they've got a slow slow motion across the floor. One of them gets the button so that they don't get busted. Yep. And they are converted back to Dexter and Dee Dee. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Full circle. Here we go. (laughs) All the way back to the beginning. Oh, brilliant. What are you doing? Come on, get yourselves ready. You can get for school. Bang. Shut the door. Mum storms off. And then you realise that they've been turned into each other. <laughs> so Dexter's got Dee Dee's voice. Dee Dee's got the uh, body. Well, one um, thing about that, it doesn't make any sense. No, of course it doesn't. Because like, it makes no that's sense. That's not the rules of, of, of what this is no, meant to do. This device is not supposed to. But uh, maybe maybe they hit the reset button. Maybe, maybe. when two people hit the re- the button together, yeah. it converts you back into yourselves, but switching like thirteen going on thirty. True, but or big or, or um, vice or big, versa. Yes. I once, it's just, do you remember that from Vice Versa, where it was a, it's the same story as uh, 30 going on 30, where a boy and an old, and an old, well, an older, older man, man yeah. swap places and they're loving it. It's called Vice Versa, Judge, Judge Reinhold in it, if you know who it is. Anyway, I was in a pub once and this, uh, someone said, oh, you should meet, meet this girl. Her dad's a famous director. And I was like, Ugh. and then met this girl and her dad directed Vice Versa. And that was me the whole night. Because Vice Versa, for some reason, I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> So I was like, okay, tell me everything about Vice Versa. And she's like, I, they, we don't really talk about it. Like, Just tell me everything, everything about Vice Versa. Everything you know. So warning out there, guys, if you, any members of your family have ever made a film that I like, that's you, that's you locked in for the night. Yeah. I'll, I'll buy you a drink, but you tell me every family story possible. Yeah. Um, it's true, it's true. The idea of it is, is, is simple. It's been done before. It's yeah. been done since. Uh, but it's ridiculous. And it's silly. And it's fun. And it's simple, and it's absolutely spot on for the intended audience, mm-hmm. which, let's be honest, is anything between six and twelve. That's the great thing about this, like my my exact mental age. Yeah, but also I think adults can appreciate it as well because it's just stupid. It's like something you can stick on in the background. Yeah, um, maybe you can see it from the kind of parents' point of view. Like, oh, come on, I understand this because kids, my kids are doing this as well so maybe you can understand it if you're a parent as well oh for sure you can for sure so this episode itself the exact uh, pilot we've watched is seven minutes but it does end up being an actual episode later on in the show itself yeah. there was um quite a few episodes of this produced between 1996 and 2003 they did 79 episodes and from quick check i believe this is to be part of episode four of season one. Oh, okay um so they're quite strangely named, not going to lie. They, For example, episode four of season one is named Double Trouble, forward slash, dial M for monkey, colon, yeah. barbecue, changes. 
So, is, is 23 minutes that episode? Is that just multiple episodes squeezed into one? Well, I don't... It yeah, I, I think it could be. Because I think Changes is definitely its own episode. Well, like, later yeah, on, later the, on. this episode is called Changes and is seven minutes. And to think that there's sort of two or three episodes glued together here and it's 23 minutes long, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, th- like a triple threat sort of episode. Um, but it seems like all of them are like that. From episode one of season one through to season four... They seem to have these trifectas of episodes together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, season four seasons spread out actually over nine, uh, not nine years, seven years. Um, it's sort of, yeah, it's quite, it's not many episodes over quite a lot amount of time. So it yeah. obviously had a break in the middle somewhere or they, they kind of thought about maybe ditching it and then they brought it they back. They brought it back, yeah. Um, I think it's one of those things that sometimes with, with, with cartoons... The, the audience isn't ready for it. And years down the line, they're like, do you remember that show, Dexter's Lab? That was good. Yeah. Let's bring it back. And you find a whole new bring audience of people. It's like it's like, um, like Family Guy. They did two seasons, got cancelled. And everyone's like, hang on. like, it, why, why did you cancel it? And they're like, because no one watched it. The ratings were through the toilet. And they're like, oh, well, if you brought it back, we'd watch it. And then everyone, everyone started watching it. And then it's like getting big again. Yeah. Um, that is the way to get a show back. Yeah. If you want to watch get a show back, you need to get a sort of... A lot of people streaming it, all the old episodes online, and then yeah, some, yeah. some exec will go, hang on a minute, what's going on here? Yeah. I can bring that back. That's um, so that's crazy. Texas Laboratory. It's, it's a real simple show. It is a kid's animation at the end of the day, um, so there's nothing fancy about it. It does exactly what it needs to do for the audience it's intended for, but I loved it as a child, and I still love it to this day. Yeah. As you say, all the, all the simple simplicity of it um, is just wonderful, and watching it with the different set of eyes now i guess in yeah. a way as a grown-up <laughs> grown-up um <laughs> it's it's even more interesting to watch so uh, we'll score it and give it the uh, rundown of the commandments at the end of said episode let's do that but it's over to you now so cool. jed shepherd so the show i'm doing uh this week also an animation there's also quite a short one which is uh, very merciful on our, on our time um this week i am doing the adult swim aka cartoon network show Sea Lab 2021. I love that theme song because it's so unlike a normal animated cartoon theme song. It could be a radio song. Yeah. It could be a song you play on the radio. I, I love that song. It's almost like the B-52s type style. I was going to say the gossip. Yeah. A, li- gossip. a little bit Beth Ditto. A little bit, yeah. Where it's kind of like a, a strong female voice alongside a kind of a, like a, just a cool like groove. Um, yeah, I love it. Like if, if you didn't, or you, you didn't properly hear that because we were speaking over it, then please like, let's go into YouTube and, and watch Sea Lab 2021 just for the theme song. Just put the theme song on. <laughs> so good. But what Sea Lab 2021 is, it's essentially, and this is going to be, comp- I don't know how much research you did into Sea Lab, but this is the kind of idea behind it. Right. So Sea Lab is an environmental research centre at the yep. bottom of the sea. Filled with scientists, simple as. Sea lab. Lab on the bottom of the sea. Yeah, and the year's 2021. Now, in Well, s- 2020, isn't it? 2021. Yeah. And I'll tell you why. In the 1970s, because this is Han- this is Hanna-Barbera um, mm-hmm. did the original animation. And when I say original animation, because in the 70s, there was a show called Sea Lab 2020. Yeah. Now, these two guys, uh, the, the, the series creators, Adam Reed and Matt Thompson... They were just flicking around, and they they saw this seventies Hanna Barbera TV show that no one talks about. See, that twenty twenty. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if we did the if we did our own voices over the top of, of this? I forget whatever story that they've got, make our own story, make our own voices, put our own sounds in. That's what they did. That's what See, that twenty twenty one is. It's episodes of See, that twenty twenty. With new stories and new voices, and they just are you kidding me? Not kidding. That's what they've done. That's why it makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. But, and it's like crazy and, and cuckoo. <laughs> and I think in later seasons, maybe they put additional um, like animation on top of it because some real crazy stuff happens. Um, so the, what I've watched, yeah, what I've seen with my eyes, yeah, is the 1970s version of Sea Lab 2020, yeah, 
but with the new version of the audio over the top of it. New score, new theme song, new vocals. Um, oh man new story yeah do you know how much that changes it <laughs> do you know how much that changes the game <laughs> but the thing is it's such a good idea it's genius imagine and yeah we should do this now with more things we need to find some some forgotten about animation of the 1960s 1970s find ones we're like yeah we, let's make a story let's let's do the I see what I'll, I see, this is reminding me of and this is uh, something i sent through to do you know um aussie man reviews no. Okay. So Aussie Man Reviews. So anyone that knows what I'm talking about to say here will know exactly where I'm going with this. Aussie Man Reviews is an Australian guy who has decided to start his own YouTube channel where he basically does commentary yeah. on any old videos. Okay. Right? Now, if I can, I will show you a video in a minute, right? At the end of this episode. Is he uh, the guy that's basically crazy? No. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, he comes across a little bit eccentric. Right, right, right. But he, he basically does a running commentary of what he can see on screen. Yeah. And he does it to all sorts of things. Football commentary, documentary commentary. Yeah. Um, just viral videos that sort of spiral. Anyway, I saw a video recently that I immediately knew had to be sort of commentated on by him. So I sent it over to him and I'll watch this space. If it comes through, okay. I'll share with you what it is. <laughs> or, or if I don't hear anything for a little while, I'll, I'll let you know what it was and I'll share it with you. But, um, okay. It's truly incredible. And there's something about taking a visual of anything and redoing all the sound to it. In fact, that was actually one of my projects at university. My, it's part of my degree. Yeah, yeah. I had to take a, an animated clip where they, they they did it for us they stripped away the audio gave us just the visuals mm-hmm. and it was a project that a previous student had made for an animation degree so there was no we, none of us would have had any idea how it's supposed to have sounded so we all came back with different soundtrack yeah, yeah, yeah. to this visual piece um and it's it's so it's something so free mm-hmm. or freeing from a creative sense to just do that yeah I wonder how many of the episodes of 2020 yeah. they watched before they went, we're going to just do their own. Because I think the more you watch, the more you're tainted by the original Maybe. ideas. But they obviously didn't, they, they probably edited like something from season two into, into episode three of season one. They probably just mixed and matched to make, to make it fit. And, um, but just, just that concept alone, that idea just makes the show so interesting. Um, Okay, so so this is obviously a completely different story now yeah. from the original. Yeah. But how much have they changed the relationships between the characters? Do we know? I mean, if they were in a relationship in 2021, obviously they they have to be together in the shot. So I think a lot of it is brand new, but some of the like relate like love relationships, the angles of the relationships are such. like still the same because okay. they sleep in the same bed, etc. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like this was shown on Adult Swim, which is what happens when Cartoon Network gets to about seven o'clock, and then it turns into Adult Swim, where a slightly kind of like older audience is catered for. Um, and you get things like Aquatine Hunger Force, which is one of my favourite shows, Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, which is about this man dressed as a bird who's, who's a lawyer. He could be making all these up. I have wouldn't have any that? idea. No. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's basically. You go, you, you do a crime. Oh, we've got a lawyer for you, and it's a bird. You're like, flipping hell! <laughs> <laughs> like, but like, it sounds like the Mike Tyson mysteries. It's a bit like that, and this bird's like representing you in court. Anyway, um, yeah. So um, it kind of gained a little bit of a cult audience. This uh, Sea Lab 2021, but yeah, it's quite strange. But it's very, very interesting to me, and I love this kind of Hanna Barbera simple animation. I think sometimes simple is the best. This particular episode was the first one that was shown because it was the the stealth pilot. But in the in the grand scheme of things, it was actually when they when it went to series, it was shown it became episode two. And this is called Radio Free Sea Lab, where one of the characters, which is uh, Murphy, Captain, Captain, Captain Hazel Murphy. Hank Murphy. He's got quite Hazel Hank Murphy, who is voiced by Harry <coughs> Harry Goz, which is a great name as well. And he's basically the leader of the crew, he's the captain. Head on Joe. Yeah. And you think Top Dog. Usually a captain, he's the guy you can kind of rely on, he's dependable, he's not mental, he's not yep. crazy. Nope. This guy is nuts. All of it. <laughs> he is nuts. It opens up by him just walking around the, the, the what looks like the um You've broken something over there. Uh, it looks like he's walking around the sort of the deck of the the sort of lab, yeah. the control center maybe, yeah. and just going board, 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 board. It's it's just, and I'm like, that is me. I'm like, that is me. 
I do that all. It's just wonderful, wonderful. Some of his lines in this episode probably will come onto that though. And he basically, because he's bored, he decides to make a pirate radio station now. We've been on radio, well, well, Rob still works at a radio station, but we've worked together on a radio station before. And this reminded me of that particular <laughs> radio station where it's just crazy and there's no rules. Um, and that radio station is called Radio uh, Free Sea Lab. And, um, and yeah, and this particular radio station, as you can imagine, isn't a hit with the rest of the crew. Like, it, why would it be? Um, because he's gone around annoying everyone, first things yeah. first. He's gone around, you know, wanting someone to, like, sort of you know, play a game with him or just keep him company. <laughs> They're all like, you know, we're doing like proper scientific research here. And I like, I like the fact that they've kept everyone else to be straight and just basically turned one character into a complete loon yeah. and made him a pest on the, on the lab or in the lab, should I say. Um, he doesn't, he doesn't listen to anyone either. He doesn't pay any attention really to anything they're saying. He talks to them and then stops listening. He finds Ted from accounts who yeah. he wants to help him, you know, uh, launch the beacon, the emergency di- beacon yep. for broadcast. Um, but he doesn't even remember Ted's name. He goes, I'm, but I'm Ted from accounts. I don't know how to go. He goes, yeah, whatever you say, Cecil. Um, I love that. I, because it's, it's Yeah, it's... Uh, oh. Because in the original CLA 20, 2020, he was like Mr. Dependable. He was like the Hannibal character in A-Team. He was the one you went to. And in this, they span it around. So apparently there's... I can't really remember very much, but there's one episode where he is the same character as CLA 2020. And now he's Murdoch. Yeah, but he's basically Murdoch now, where he's, yeah, he's howling mad Murdoch. Um, and he's such a great character because he's the guy that we're following. We're following, usually you follow the kind of like sensible one and all these mad things happen to them. This guy is the one who's creating the madness. Yep. Um, to be fair, the other members of, of, of the crew are equally kind of crazy. Um, they have their eccentricities. Yeah, you've got Captain Bellafon Tornado Shanks, also voiced by uh, Michael Goss. So you've got Jodine Sparks, which is voiced by Bill Lobley. Yep. He's uh, the radio operator on, on the ship. Uh, you've got uh, Debbie Dupree, voiced by Kate Miller, who's the marine biologist. So this is a working scientific lab, or it's meant to be. You never really see yeah. a lot of their research. You've got Derek Stormy Waters. Uh, Stormy Waters. Voiced by Alice um, <coughs> Hennigan. <coughs> And he's just like the good-looking guy on 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 deck. Um, yeah. Doesn't really don't really know why he's there, um, but he's pretty. And uh, you've got Doctor Quentin Quinn, which is a science officer. So you you got kind of the normal kind of like Star Trek. They've kitted it out with characters that all Both. sort of suit where they are. Yeah. And this is the one that I was wanted to get to, which which we discussed prior to this. Um, there is a character. Um, called Marco Marquez, voiced by Erica Strada. And Erica Strada was from Chips, that TV show yeah, Chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should do things. Chips. We, we should, should do, do Chips. chips. Well, yeah. And what, that week we have to eat chips. We do. <laughs> just, just a fact. We should just have to have chips. But they've given him the longest character name of all time. And Rob, you're the one who told me about it. Yeah. It's Marco Rodrigo Diaz de Viva Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Because yeah. you know, in in Latin rolls off the tongue. Latin countries, mostly in like Mexico, they give instead of giving like some some families can't afford to give presents at birthdays and stuff, so you get given long names. names. Yeah, and that acts as as your kind of like present. So it's also like a family tree as well, I believe. I mean, please don't you know? I might be slightly off with this, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that sort of you you are sort of not honoured with. That might be the wrong word, but so you're, you're sort of gifted a, a name from a father, from a grandfather, you know, figure or or a mother figure or a grandmother figure to sort of denote the family line that you come from. Okay. So it, quite largely, it's a sort of an identifier as to who you are to whom. So where right, where the right. name where the name lies within your name. So for example, yeah. you've got Marco Rodrigo. So Rodrigo would be the first middle name. He's probably the father of Marco. Okay, uh, that might be slightly wrong, but no, I'm, I get what but, you mean. But yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. I'm certain that when I was out in Mexico, I found I was reading something about this and how there is like an honorary sort of name giving, and it's to do with sort of who's who's your immediate go-to like family connection who's right. the it's sort of extended family from there would you ever change your name no have you ever in the past thought yes right in no school? not jelly no 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 oh, no, no, no. yeah okay. only because i'm sure i'm i bore people to death with this fact but i would have been the ninth james in a row 
Really? So I discovered about 10, <coughs> 10 12, about 12 years ago, I discovered that my dad was the eighth James in a line. Okay. So for nearly 200 years, it was James, firstborn at least, was James. So it was James, 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 and, I, and then Rob. Um, James Jelly is a good name, though. Yeah, so if, if I'd have been James... called James. Yeah, so if, my, yes. if I'd have been called James and I had a son and called him James, he'd have been James the Tenth. so JJX was what I was oh, going for. James Jelly Jr. the Tenth. James Jelly Jr. the Tenth. yeah. James <laughs> Jelly X, that's yeah. what it would have been. That's cool. Um, but then, no, I mean, other than that, for that particularly stupid reason, I've not ever really considered changing the name. Okay. Well, back to the show. We, um, <laughs> we had, West. sorry, we had the, <clears throat> uh, so the kids, so the captains made this annoying, annoying, uh, uh, radio station, but I've got to stress. None but he's of this... using the emergency broadcast yeah, system. So he's broadcasting That's a very important part. Through C Lab, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" And he's just talking nonsense. Um, but like, like everything, even though they're at the bottom of the sea, literally, you're hearing the things on the bottom of the sea. The FCC are on his tail. Yeah. They want to shut him down. Um, they don't just s- shut him down. They sent out their search and destroy vessel. <laughs> like the FCC have got the functionality to have a warship at their disposal. Yeah. Have you ever come up... What's the equivalent in the UK again? Of what? Of the FCC. Like, Ofcom. Ofcom. Have you ever had been in trouble with them? No. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for the complaint, though. Because I, I consider an Ofcom letter yeah. of complaints yeah. an official listener. <laughs> Let's be honest about it. What's happened there is, an, is a, someone has heard what you've done, yeah. complained about it. Yeah. It's been serious enough for them to take it you know, legitimately yeah. and write to you in person compl- telling you that you've, you're in breach of broadcast rules yeah that is an official document that yeah. proves you have a listener well not only that not many people get those <laughs> and i am not trying to get one yeah. let's be honest but I'm, i look forward to the day that i get one saying you should you really can't say things like that rob well to get to the fc to get to the otter ofcom it would have to go would it have to make an official complaint to the bbc first and then it would go to ofcom if the <coughs> complaint isn't dealt with yeah yeah because i remember yeah, because every every broadcaster has an internal um, like a department, I guess, yeah, sort of yeah. a bit like internal affairs within the police. Yeah, like they kind of they you do self uh, mediate. Yeah, uh, and then obviously above that is things like off Ge- off Gen would be the energy company yeah. one, and off Com is the broadcasting one, yeah. and and so on and so forth. And um, I, I used to I used to have a show on a, a radio station called Rare FM. This was actually pre Phoenix. It's like a, it's like the Uni uh, London University of London okay. uh, radio station, and it broadcasts a mile radius around the West End, yep. basically. So it would go to the shops and the students, basically. <laughs> yeah. And they had a list on the wall of all the things you couldn't say on the radio. <laughs> and I remember I'm going to read that out. Yeah. No, this was, and they said, so you weren't allowed to speak about war, fair enough. You're not allowed to swear, obviously. You're not allowed to do certain things which yeah. to bring the, the station into disrepute. And I remember looking at those list of rules and thinking, oh, they're really annoying me. And then it got, I had a co-host called Cheska. He was, he was great. He was my friend. But she really, like, annoyed me one day. And I was like, I'm done with this show. Like, we were playing a song. I was like, I'm done with this show. And she's like, oh, you can't, you can't. Well, you said you're gonna. Anyway, got back on air, and I literally went down the list of things you're not allowed to say in a radio. <laughs> I swore, talked about the war, talked about politics, went down it, and she was there, and she was crying. She was actually crying. This is so bad. She started crying, and I was like, oh, that's something bad here. So they <laughs> went to a song. Her dad called in and had a go at me, and I was like, oh my god, like I'm only so I was only messing around. Um, but also, this is my last show, so bye. <laughs> and then on the way home, I, I was listening in to like what she would say about me and she was like yeah and that's the last we'll see of Jed I got rid of him I was like oh my god I walked out and you didn't get rid of me um, yeah so. just goes to show that when you try and sabotage broadcast it doesn't pay off in the it long run not, that did not pay off doesn't pay off in the long <laughs> run uh, so the FCC turn up in their search and destroy vessel after much antics from howling mad Murphy who, <laughs> who apparently in the space of about two and a half minutes yeah. go works out what his ratings are <laughs> 
And it turns out he's eighth in the list of I don't know who's seven stations above him. You would love that kind of like response time, wouldn't you? Oh, mate, could you imagine? It'd be a much easier place, wouldn't it? How do you find that out in a real radio station? For those who don't know, just joined if, in. Rob has a radio show on on BBC Essex, um, so he has to deal with this kind of thing. Yeah, this is a genuine thing. So every quarter of the year, every quarter, three months, right. we get a report which comes through, and it's collated information from hundreds of thousands of little survey booklets. So oh. you basically. Essentially, you wow. get sent a booklet through the post, okay. and it's got a grid of all the potential stations you can hear within your area. Yeah. So, for example, you wouldn't have BBC Essex on a list of people who live in Hertfordshire. What about digital ones? People can listen to that anyway. Well, yes, but okay. it, because it's still semi-archaic in the sense that it still assumes it's FM, yeah. and that no one has the internet anymore. Right. So, But also, there are certain stations that... Um, are their 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 focus is the area they're in. So localized stations yeah, yeah, yeah. focus on the local area. National stations, you know. But then there's there's pros and cons to it because if let's say uh, Radio One, Radio One is a national station, yeah. so their figures are held against the population of the UK. Wow. So let's say there's seventy million people. I'm just rounding figures up for a minute. Seventy million people in the UK. One million of them listen to Radio One in a week. Yeah. All right. That is a seventieth of the population, potential population, mm-hmm. listening to the output, choosing to. So that is uh, about. Oh, I can't do the maths quick enough. It's about one point eight percent of the market share. Okay. Something daft or one point six, whatever it is. <clears throat> and that is appalling numbers. So what you really want to be achieving is trying to get to about 10% market share. So, so what does Radio of, 1 have? I don't know. No idea. Okay. So of all the potential listeners, say you've got a... There you go. So let's say this... Right, let's say London, right? So we're in London. There are 10 million people in London, mm. all right? If you get a million of those people listening to you, you have a 10% market share. Yeah. So 10% of all the potential listeners... Choose you over everything else. Okay. 10% is a very, very good number. Yeah, a million people listening. Well, no, it doesn't matter. No, 10% of whatever audience size is. So whether it's a 1,000 people or a million people, it doesn't matter. 10% is 10%. Okay. Um, So to get, you know, anything higher than that is incredible. Have you got got higher than that, haven't you? Uh, At the moment, no, because we're at this summer months. So summer months always dip down. Right. Um, But, yeah, I usually float around the 10% mark. That's good. So... um, but then, you know, I have to fight... What I fight against is national stations. Yeah, radio yeah. 1, Radio 2, Radio 5 Live, Absolute Capital, and so on and so forth. There's no more localised stations in the county on at my time yeah, yeah. in the morning. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, to get figures, you have to send out diaries, you get people to fill them in, they get collected, they get collated, they get averaged up against the population, and then they send a report out every three months, and then you get a graph... Yeah, and that graph can essentially mean whether you've still got a job tomorrow or not. Mm-hmm. It is that brutal yeah, in the commercial yeah. world. It is that brutal. So, and what can you actually? Is there any way where you can? Do you like? He act- got his results quick, and it took me to explain that. Yeah, but do you like? <laughs> like, do they? Add, do the BBC like actively advertise like these these local station shows? No, anyway. So they need to do that. <laughs> yeah, but with what money? But it's not much. It's publicly funded. They own multiple radio stations. They own a TV. Yeah. Network. So what you're saying is that you want Essex to, you want someone else outside of Essex, so pointless already, to yeah. advertise the fact that I'm on at four a.m. in a county yeah. that they're not in. Well, just like for for instance, <coughs> I know this is a little bit of a tangent. But this is interesting. For instance, uh, Sky, for instance, yeah. they advertise podcasts. Yeah. Um, that they're linked with. Say, for example. There's a podcast about one of their shows. They, they, there's an advert for it. Yeah. So why can't on the BBC, BBC Two, whatever, mm-hmm. say it gets to BBC Two runs all night. Yep. It gets to three in the morning. And by the way, if you don't want to watch this show about cows, you can listen to Mr. Rob Jelly and but have it localized to that area. So someone in Essex yes, could be. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yes, but then that would mean TV people are uh, helping the radio out, and that. You know, he- he- heaven forbid anything such like that would happen. It's all the same thing. Well, we have to advertise TV shows on See, radio. When I'm running the BBC, and I will one day, yep. and I'm changing the name to Jed Broadcasting Network. Obviously. JBN. JB- JBN. <laughs> yeah. I still keep the BBC tone from like the 1920s. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. 
Um, I will do that for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if it takes me that long to, if I'm still doing that show by the time you get to the top and change the name of the BBC, I'll, I'll, I'll think I may have given up at that point. Um, but the point is, so actually to go back to the point we made, which is why uh, I brought out Howling Mad Murphy gets these figures instantaneously. I love that um, we call him Howling Mad Murphy now. It's great. It's not even Captain Murphy anymore. Yeah. He's now just Howling Mad Murphy. That's what he refers to himself as every 30 seconds. <laughs> Apparently, month, this episode is 12 minutes long. Yeah. Again, like you said at the start, it's a very short episode. You get quite a lot going on in this one episode. Oh, yeah. Um, he goes on and on and on, pushes his luck, pushes his luck. FCC, cease and desist, stop doing it, stop it, stop it, fine. Do you know what? Time for the hammer. Yeah. And they just basically bomb the sea lab. There's <laughs> no other way and of putting it. That's the pilot, yeah. And that is the episode done. So they kill everyone in the episode. Yeah. That's it, everyone done, game over, there are no more people. But... You know, to me, that seems like it's a recurring thing. I already get the in-joke is that every week now, <laughs> Murphy's going to do something that basically ends That's... up to their demise. Yeah, to be and, and, and to go back to what you said at the start, this is visually the same episodes we were seeing in the 70s, now yeah. with new audio. Well, look, like, so, for example, you're completely right. <clears throat> episode episode <throat> two, uh, it's called Happy Cake, and it's Murphy complains about his stolen Happy Cake oven while Spark shows off his mountain fortress. So you can see the level of, like, oh, craziness I mean, that these shows Yeah, this into. is almost Chris Morris level, isn't it? <laughs> almost Chris Morris level. 21st of December 2000, so this is 19 years old nearly. Wow. You know. Uh, on the Cartoon Network and Adult Swim, as you mentioned, um... Do you want to do the commandments, do the commandments. for the two yeah, shows? Yeah. We'll do them against each other. So would you watch episode two for either of them? Um, yes. I'm just not in a hurry. Like, I don't need to watch them either, either of them straight away. Yeah. I've, I would probably go on and watch more Sea Lab 2021. I, I enjoyed watching it this time. Um, I'm more intrigued to watch it now, yeah. I know what you, we've <laughs> yeah. said, than I was originally. Yeah. Because I must admit, I was like, what is this nonsense? She's got me watching another show that's come out of Jed's weird corner. Um, does it have a memorable theme song? I, I think the C-Lab one is great. Um, yeah. Really memorable. Dexter's one is, is, is good for Short what it and is. Sweet. Yeah. Not as memorable. Not as memorable. Neither which uh, mentioned the title of the show, which is a sort of True. bonus point. Does... I mean, C-Lab does. Oh, it does, you're right. Yeah, it does. Bonus point for yeah. C-Lab. Does it introduce you to a new character or journey? Not with Dexter. And not with C-Lab. They're, no. they're there, they're in there. They're already there established, we're just joining the antics. No new characters I can see. Okay, fair enough. Uh, would you pause for a pee? I, I'm, I would be hastened to say that I've sometimes had a wee that's lasted longer than these two shows. <laughs> uh, you need to see a doctor, my friend. Yeah, I know, should do, really. Yeah. drinking so much water. Uh, it's, they're not long enough for, for pausing for a pee, so there's no need for that. Do you feel emotionally connected, love or hate? Emotion, like- emotionally connected? I did not like Dee Dee. You don't like Dee Dee, do you? I don't like Dee Dee. You don't trust her? She's just getting in the way of all this magic. That's the reason. point. That is the point. Um, I did really like Hallie Mad Murphy. I did really like him. It's, it's hard to empathise with a madman, but I did. Um, so, yeah, so I hate Dee A little bit. There was emotional was connection fond. somehow with some of the characters. Yeah. Um, I did like the accountant as well just being the type of person who's like what is going on here? It's is always it, the accountant that gets like, the blame yeah. as well. Like, That's not my name. <laughs> Would you recommend them? Both of them, yeah, yeah, definitely. I would yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, I, I would, I would sit a child down, like my nephew, yeah. uh, to watch Dexter's Lab. I think, you know, he's not old enough yet, but when he does, I think he'll appreciate the nutsness of it. Yeah, and likewise, I'd be able to sit there with him and do the same thing, which is awesome. Uh, and C Lab twenty twenty, I absolutely would. Yeah. Now I know, but I would definitely tell people. Yeah, I think that's a massively important thing. If you're going to watch C Lab twenty twenty one, yeah, you have to know that's what's happening. Yeah, exactly, it yeah. massively helps. And that's why we do the podcast. Yeah. Is there a mic drop? Not for any of them. I can no. Think of. no. No, no. Uh, does it defy expectations? I... Dexter's is better than I thought it was. I think it kind of met my expectations. Because, I, I mean, I barely yes. watched it okay. when it came out. Okay. It, yeah, it's, it's contextual. But now I know how C-Lab 2021 works. Yes. It, 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 it's, it's matched my expectations yeah. of it. Uh, and Dexter's Lab, likewise, kind of watching about it going, wow, this actually was really, really good. Yeah. And short and sweet, and I like it. It's punchy. Has it aged well? I think they both have, because they're both kind of like timeless almost. Like, especially see like 2021. That's set next year, mate. That's set... It is. Well, the year Two after. years' time, yeah. So it's it's very... We weren't going to age well till 2021, 2022. But it's 70s animation. Yeah. With a sort of 
21st century storyline yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. So, uh, and is the hype real? There's never been any hype for Sealand. I don't think there's been any hype for either of them particularly, yeah. but I think they both they both do excellent jobs doing yeah. what they're you know designed to do. They're going to be hyped by us. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the biggest hype you can ever get. <laughs> Stick on the hype badge. You've just passed level four. Um, <laughs> it's like your new catchphrase. You need to work on that. <laughs> Stick on your hype badge. You've reached level four. Doesn't run off the tongue. <laughs> it's the new catchphrase. We're going to try it every week. Um, so, scores. Scores. What's I'm doing? My mind. Okay. So it's what, like a toilet roll being attacked by a puppy with really over enthusiastic sort of paws. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, Dexter's Laboratory, out of 10, I get. Give it a six. Ooh, why? Why? Yeah. Because it's exactly what it should do. It's exactly as it... What is it? It's no better than that. I don't need to watch episode two. Um, it's not particularly memorable in the sense of, like, you know, iconic and anything like that. But what its purpose is, it does. It does the job. I was going to give it a little bit higher. I was going to give it what? seven... Um, I think you've talked me down a little bit, actually. I I don't know. Because what did you originally think then? Seven, I was going to give it a seven point five, <coughs> and the reason <coughs> I'm going to do that is I think it's just fun, and you don't get there's a lot of things out there that it's just not fun anymore. And this was just like Good really easy to watch and just fun, and it doesn't seem like it's like ripping anything off. It's like its own thing. Um, but maybe this particular episode didn't quite grab me as much as... Because I remember watching some of these episodes and being like, wow, this is brilliant. Yeah. And people... There is a little bit, because people do talk about Dex Laboratory f- fondly. Um, but no, 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 I, I'm, I'm 6.5, 6.5. You're coming down to 6.5 now? 6.5, yeah. Is that what I'm you... Go- no, I'm going I'm to come up 6.5. Okay, okay, that's fair. So it's a 13 overall. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I think you're right. I think, I think the simple fact is there's not enough fun shows that are just simple... And actually, the basis of this pilot episode is to introduce you to Dee Dee and Dexter and yeah. the relationship they have. You know that now. It's yeah. set in stone. Yeah. You've got it going forward. Every episode from this day forth, you know Dee Dee's going to essentially interfere with Dexter's experiments. Yeah. And they are likely to be more and more elaborate as days and weeks mm-hmm. go on. So 13 points for Dexter's lab. Pretty good. Yeah, that's a, that's a solid score for that. I think that's spot yeah. on. So, C-Lab 2020. I'm going to have to scribble my score out. Because okay. now with a bit more context, no, no. <laughs> it makes a bit more sense. For the, for the sheer audacity of it, I'm giving it a seven point five. I don't think this is the strongest in terms of like plot or storyline, um, but just the audacity of taking something that happened before, recycling it into its new form, is is brave, is interesting, it's funny, and they've turned probably quite a serious cartoon into something that's mad mental. And I kind of like that madness. So seven point five for me. I originally wrote down five okay. because I had no idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now I know. Okay. Eight. Wow. Love it. I love the jump up. Wow. I mean, it makes so much sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I'm excited to find out what these people have done with the other episodes. Oh, it was crazy, man. It's like, crazy. I, I don't need to watch episode two. Yeah. I just want to watch more Sea Lab 2021 yeah. to see how mad they go. So and how mad Murphy goes. So we need to we need to find a sixties, fifties, sixties, seventies cartoon that's not linked to a big studio. Something that's kind of forgotten. About. Something we can do our own version yeah. of. That's our, that's the little side project yeah, as yeah. part of the pilot podcast. Yeah, we'll find a show. Yeah. animated. Animated. And we'll strip it bare. Yeah. And we'll try and come up with something. Yeah. A new version of it. Mm-hmm. Done. Let's do that. Fifteen point five. That's, that's a good score. It's not, a good score. Not enough to reach top 50, but Not quite. Score. I'm afraid it's now, you know, basically 17 and a half to guarantee top 50. Okay. 17 might just get you in. Um, so, right, that's that one. Thank you very much indeed for your attenzione about Dexter's Lab and C-Lab 2020. But they are filed. <laughs> filed away they it's just, go. It's just, just magic to a file cabinet of somewhere. Um, what are we doing next week, though? Right, well, it's up to you. Do you want to go first or me? I've stumbled upon a show recently. Okay. A friend recommended, and I could not Uh-oh. believe that I was even friends with this person when they said <laughs> what they said, and I was like, how are we friends? But you still went and watched it. So I thought, no, give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Watch it. Be fair to it, like I am with all the podcasts, episodes okay. we've done. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the pilot episode. I watched the one that was on the TV the other night. Okay. It's a show you're going to absolutely you're gonna grimace when, you, when I hear me say this. Right, okay. I haven't grimaced in a while. Don't tell the bride. God, it's like a reality show. Yep, 
What happens in it? Uh, long and short of it is the bride knows nothing about her wedding. The groom is planning the entire right. thing from scratch. Right. And the TV channel pay for it. And that's quite interesting. Okay. Right. So the first episode... But it's absolute chaos. Like, it, does the it basic, sometimes go wrong? Yeah. Really? Oh, that, it's only right. good when it goes wrong. Okay, so good. I think <laughs> they pretty much only ever show the buttons that go wrong. So... Don't tell the bride. Wrong with marriage, weddings. Um, you can go for reality shows where they they get paid to do stuff. Yeah, um, there is one called Wed at First Sight, I think, <laughs> where they don't even know each other. They get married on the day, and that's oh, the first that's, time they've ever met. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a bit um, far from me. Yeah. I've got a show. It's not about getting married, but getting divorced. Okay, um, and it's a yeah, yeah. Why not from the eighties? And I've just recently. I think it was one when I was a kid, and then someone mentioned the name, and I was like, oh, well, what was that about? And I watched the entire, like, two series in the space of, like, a week. And it is the 80s TV show, Dear John. Okay. It is Never even heard of it. Ralph Bates. He is a recently divorcee, divorced person, whose wife cheated on him with his best mate. So he's lost his wife and his best mate. Yeah. And he's like, oh, screw this for a laugh. Um, yeah. I'm going to join a, a, a singles club. And he uh, joins a singles club and he is met with the weirdest cast of characters you'll ever see. <laughs> Seen one guy is just just slimy, basically. He's always like sniffing in his nose and he just looks dirty. Then you've got a guy who's dressed like Elvis and who's just trying to trap all the girls. I love it already. Yeah, it, it's, it's brilliant and it's genius. And it's one of the most heartfelt TV shows ever. And the, the central performance of Ralph Bates is very, very much like... Reginald Perrin, so you'll like oh, it. Oh, yeah. okay, good. Yeah, well, that was only a week ago, so yeah, uh, yeah and I love and that love a lot. That. <laughs> I love that a lot. I've been banging on about that show. Yeah. I mean, people haven't even listened to the podcast episode <laughs> yet, um, like because we'd recorded it last week, yeah. Reginald Perrin. Before that episode had even come out, I was banging on about the show to people <laughs> like, you've got to watch Reginald Perrin, it's amazing. It is good, it is uh, good. Cool, all right, so Dear John Ooh, yeah. against Don't Tell the Bride. Wow, okay. What a combo. <laughs> uh, next week on the Pilot Podcast, if you want to get in touch with us about anything we said on this show, or if you've got a TV show you are watching that you want us to review, mm-hmm. we are very happy to take the recommendation. Find us on Twitter, use the hashtag PutItOnTheList, yep. and tweet us into it, that would also help as well. Jed? And you can find me on Twitter, at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-A. P-H-E-R-D And I'm on Twitter and we, that, By the way, does that get sound better and better every week? I think so It's it pretty spot on, That was it? sweet <laughs> If you like that as a ringtone, I'll make it for you No problem, I'll clip it out uh, And I'm on Twitter at the Jellyman. That's T-H-E-E Jellyman yeah. You go that one as well if you like uh, <laughs> We'll even try and sing your Twitter handle How about that? Yeah, let's do that um, We should do that as a special for like maybe 150 <laughs> Um, cool. 121 next week then. Dear John versus Don't Tell the Bride. Which leads me to say, see you later, alligator. In a while, crocodile. Put on your hype badge, you've reached level four. <laughs> <laughs> it's my new catchphrase now. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's gone. <sighs> oh. Did you say hype badge? That's what you said. Put on your hype badge, you've reached level four. Is that what you said? Yeah. Put on your hype badge, you've reached level four. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think maybe we should stop this podcast. (laughs) Oh, God.